0: all right we're live
1: hey everybody welcome back to the second week in a row of bitcoin kindergarten with me and optimist today we have a very special guest the man who sold his car for a moped to buy more bitcoin american hoddle say what's that's, up
0: that's a true story i did that
1: <laughs> optimist say what's up
0: oh what's up guys what's up how you doing world
1: so today we're just gonna get right into it. Uh we're probably gonna have a longer episode than usual just because it's a special occasion with Hoddle coming in and we know everyone loves to hear what he has to say. So
0: Yeah, well, we're get, gonna... well we got baby hot on the house too. Um uh, yeah. we're just gonna uh so today was um we hit ten K, which is pretty cool, but the current price is at, at least from bitcoin.clarkmoody.com is at 9956 and the block height is 629432. So, we're getting closer to that halving.
2: It's a good thing Hodl not to sleep in Norway or whatever the fuck because he didn't he didn't call it, you know. So it's it, we're still good, like no jinx. Like when he wakes up and calls it, it's going to be legit.
0: That's how I feel about it. Right? All right. So before we go, uh, I wanted to uh, rehash something from last week. Uh, I misspoke a little bit when I was explaining the stock to flow. I said that the stock in the stock to flow chart was 21 million, but that's the total stock, and the stock to flow is the current stock, which is roughly around 18 million. And as we'll get into a little later on the having, the flow is 12.5, and it's going to get cut in half. So, jump into the first one, Nick.
1: Why run a full node? Or what is a full node and why run one? You want to so, start it?
2: Yeah, I'll start this off. So, you know, you guys both came in a little later than I did. Like, back in 2015, when I came in, the advice was, you know, basically get on, get, download Bitcoin Core or download a light client. But when you went on Reddit and everything, people would be like, no, you need to download Core because Core is the only way that you can... Um, fully verify what you're getting is real Bitcoin and everything. Nobody really talked about full nodes then. They just said run Bitcoin Core. But basically, having a full node is just having the entire copy of the blockchain from inception. Like, it sounds like sort of a scary word to people, I guess. Like, full node, what the fuck is that? Some computer shit? Like, I don't understand. But it just means having an entire copy of the Bitcoin blockchain so that you can verify yourself everything that's ever happened in Bitcoin. And there are myriad reasons why you would want to have one mainly just to make sure you're not being overly reliant on anybody else for privacy, for all sorts of stuff. Like if you're asking me though, do I use my node on a day-to-day basis? The answer is "Eh, not really, like I don't (laughs) use it that much because I'm not making that many transactions. And most of my shit is in cold storage. And right now it's still kind of, it's still kind of hard to connect your cold storage to your node. Yeah, so, so let's, break that that, think, let's break that down a little bit
0: let's break that down a little bit Hado, for people so you, you're running the node to verify your transactions because if you don't run a node you're not sure you really own bitcoins
2: you are well you're you got a pretty good let, let's put it like this you have a pretty good chance that you own some bit especially if you're <laughs> using you know uh some of these more trusted third parties but you are still trusting a third party right like the transactions do go out and get verified on chain and everything but you're you're trusting the block explorer that you're using you're trusting whoever's doing the hosting for you so you know there's a lot of trust that goes into that where if you run a full node you don't trust anybody but yourself because if you see the transaction show up it's confirmed it's yours it's real bitcoin you
0: know yes sir And uh, you did a perfect segue. You talked about cold storage. And so our next question is, uh, where do Bitcoins live and do they live on an address?
2: Where do Bitcoins live? And No, Bitcoins live in the cloud.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think the question is like for noobs when they ask you like, um, so you sent Bitcoins to my wallet, you know, do I own those Bitcoins in that wallet? And the answer is like, yes and no like you have access to those coins but they're not like in your phone
3: yeah
2: the way i like to think about it is like your private key is literally a key to uh, like think about like a big like lock like one of those lockers you see at the gym or something Mm -hmm. think about like a big one of those in the sky that basically has your bitcoin in it and you have a key that can unlock that and transfer it to another locker you know Yep. Or te- technically, you're not. It gets confused. Analogies get confusing because technically, <laughs> yeah. you wouldn't be tra- you wouldn't be transferring it to another locker. You would just be like giving the key to somebody else. That's how it would work. Exactly.
0: And then, um, but you yeah. said hot wallets and cold wallets, so we're gonna explain that for people. And it's pretty so simple. real.
2: Sim. This is real simple. A hot wallet is just anything that's touching the internet, and a cold wallet is anything that's not touching the internet.
0: Yeah, and if you guys don't know private keys, it's just like words to get into your bitcoin locker as we said earlier and back those up people back those up
1: i just want to uh say that like referring to like what you said like the bitcoin lives in like the cloud for like an analogy the cloud would be like the bitcoin blockchain like you Mm -hmm. have the keys to access your bitcoins that live on the bitcoin blockchain exactly
3: and
2: it's also like, you know, this goes uh, pretty deep into history, this idea. It's not, it's not a new idea, actually. There was this island called Yap where they had these things called the Rye Stones. And these were these giant stones that um, sat in the middle of their island or wherever the fuck they were on the island. I don't know. I, I, I've never been to Yap, motherfuckers. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> you know, they, they were on the island. They were very expensive to carve. And they would just sit there because you can't move a big-ass heavy rock. And, you know, they were the wealth of the island. So ownership would change hands between islanders uh, of the yap stone. So, like, your family would have this stone. My family would have that stone. If we were doing really well, you know, we raised a bunch of uh, calves or whatever the fuck happens on yap, then maybe we'd get two or three stones. You know, so it's kind of the same idea in Bitcoin. So it's it's an old idea made new again. It's a public I like ledger. That. I didn't know that. Yeah, that's that's a deep part of uh, monetary history. If you read Nick Carter's bio on Twitter, it's like, so listen, there was this island called Yap, and there were these stones. Let me explain. Stay with me. <laughs> <Something like> that.
0: <laughs> that's pretty good. All right, and uh, do you guys, I'm, I'm pretty sure the guys in here are familiar with that, but if you guys have a question on regarding that, you're more than welcome to ask it. But yeah, I'm pretty sure our boys right here know that that much. All right, Uh, Nick, you want to get the next question?
3: Um,
1: Yeah, let me find it real quick. Um, I I got
0: it. I got it up. All right. So um, this was asked in our uh, questions they want answered. It's um, what do you think the market sentiment will be post having and is scarcity still the narrative? Is this hyper bullish?
2: Uh, so scarcity is the permanent narrative Yeah, that definitely. that will that that is the unchanging narrative because Bitcoin is not going to ever change and become unscarce, Right. Like there, there's this I, I, I won't get too technical. We'll keep we'll keep it simple. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Scarcity is a permanent narrative. And, you know, what's going to happen post having is sentiment going to shift or whatever. I think you could easily see post having. a a dip in price right where and then people are like oh i told you fucking told you it wasn't priced in what's up and then two months later it fucking rockets in their face because that happens and if you go back and look at the stock to flow uh chart basically there's you know we're on our third having right one of the having the post having dots the monthly candles went down one of the post having monthly candles went up so i there's no trend data it's a fifty-fifty whether it's going to go up or down. I have no fucking idea.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, this is my first having, so I'm I, I don't know what's going to go on. But I think I saw uh, Marty Bent tweet out and some others saying that uh, basically it's going to go unnoticed. It's just it's just the yes. process of the code, and we you won't really see anything. You know, the price may do what it does, but.
2: This will, my, works,
0: uh, this will be my this will be my second
2: having and I will tell you guys like the havings are non events. I mean, yeah. the real when we talk about the having what and like the effect it has, what we're really talking about is you know sort of like that 8 to 18 months post having when yep. the supply shocks begin to hit the market. And when the supply shock begins to hit the market, things get really frothy. People start to, the scarcity sort of kicks in. People fucking feel it. And they're like, "Oh fuck, I need to get my hands on this, right?" And uh, you, when people like Preston Pish talk about the model breaking to the upside, you know, basically he's saying S two F is going to get invalidated. It's the stock to flow model, it will be invalidated at some point, but he thinks he believes it's going to be invalidated to the upside, meaning the charts is going to be so fucking bullish. <laughs> yeah, right? it's hyper bullish, quanti- guys. You can't quantify it, you know. It's hyper bullish. Right, exactly. So I think this time is, I had this like theory that's like the three touches, right? And you guys can tell me if this rings true for you, is that every individual I talk to has this phenomenon or experiences the same phenomenon. where When you first encounter Bitcoin, you ignore it. When you next encounter Bitcoin, you sort of inquire about it. You're like, oh, what's that? Is it still doing stuff? Oh, it's a thousand bucks. Oh, it's 10,000. Oh, that's crazy. Um, and then the third time you touch Bitcoin, you're like, fuck, this thing is fucking 20000 I need, I fucking need some, dude. And that's when you act, when you finally fucking make your buy and get invested in Bitcoin. You know, does that ring true for you?
0: Uh, it, that pretty much rings true to me. I, I can definitely remember hearing about Bitcoin sometime around the Silk Road stuff. And I was like, yeah, internet nerd money. That's cool. Like I can buy weed, you know, in my neighborhood, like I don't need the internet. And then (laughs) I probably heard it, you know, at least one more time or something after that. And then I finally heard it once it broke 10k in 2017. And then I was like, I asked my cousin, I'm like, yo, like, have you heard of this Bitcoin stuff? And he's like, Yeah, I actually might have some, and then I just went down the rabbit hole and watched YouTube videos and bought some that night. And I think mine was two touches, maybe three. I don't really remember them all. I remember hearing Silk Road and then my other touch when I just haven't haven't popped out of the rabbit hole.
1: I got really lucky with mine. I bought it the first day I heard of it because uh, my brother and his friends showed it so hard to me, and my um high school self was like you know what i don't give a fuck if this is a scam or not if everyone's making money i'm gonna make money as well so i just started <laughs> buying bitcoin
2: i like that yeah. i like that like yolo <laughs> impulsive teenage boy mindset of just like yo let's do this bitch I'm
3: i only had
1: in. i only had like 500 bucks from working that summer and i was like fuck it like <laughs> why not
2: my um my theory though it it pulls out to like it's sort of like a fractal right because as individuals we have our three touches with bitcoin but you know the the masses and mass awareness they have three touches with bitcoin also and like Hmm. you know the i think the first touch for people was like 2013 the price a thousand bucks maybe maybe let's say this is for let's say these are three touches for institutions because normal people are fucking idiots who don't care (laughs) right so like <laughs> institutional investors guys like guys like Paul Tudor Jones and the hedge fund guys they heard about it at 1000 bucks in 2013 they heard about it at 10 to 20000 bucks in 17 and they're starting to have their third touch right now and they're really going to have their fucking third touch at 100k and that's going to be like fuck i missed out paul tudor jones over there across fucking wall street for me getting rich this piece of shit even richer than i am i need to be richer i need some fucking bitcoins
1: <laughs> and one thing you see amongst people who keep seeing and touching bitcoin but they never buy it is that they seem to go like they they obsess over it like peter Mm -hmm. schiff peter schiff talks about bitcoin 24 7 like he rarely tweets about gold anymore and i don't even know what price he could have bought at like 20 bucks or something or do you guys know
3: it was yeah, dude,
2: like no, but below that, like like twelve dollars. Peter Schiff's been uh, in it for a long fucking time. You know, you know what this is? I just came up with a fucking great analogy for Bitcoin derangement syndrome. Bitcoin derangement syndrome is like the prom queen of your high school trying to pull you into a room and just fucking suck the shit out of your dick, dude. <laughs> and you being too scared of a little bitch at the moment, or maybe not recognizing the opportunity because you're a little boy, right? And then you, you think back on it, like, years later, and you're like, oh, my God, she wanted to fuck, dude. We could have totally fucked that night, right? And then you start to go, you know what? She's ugly. She was ugly anyway. I never liked her. Uh, she's fat. She's fat now. Her, her personality not good,
0: dude. <laughs> Bro, too real, too real.
2: <laughs> That's what Bitcoin derangement syndrome is. And then
1: she hits you up again, and you still reject her. Yep. Even though you scroll through her Instagram, she's looking fine as fuck.
2: Exactly, but you know the underlying thing is like, I'll show her. I'm gonna fucking, I'll show her. She didn't like me,
1: you know. I'll show, I'll show
2: her for sure. That's that's what these dudes are like. It's like, no, you're never gonna show us. You're gonna end up poor and dead because you're old. And we're gonna be young and rich and ballin'. So suck
0: my dick.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Let's go.
0: <laughs> since, since we brought up Peter Schiff and and a Goldbug, um, I'm reminded of our friend Goldbug. He left a comment in on our Discord where he was saying that um, man-made scarcity is different than natural scarcity or God-made scarcity, and I think that that thinking's flawed because you know we have historical records of money being glass beads or people being interested in rare art and uh like baseball cards and anything that's rare and fashion and stuff and so like we said before we got on the pod it's funny how uh gold gold bug logic works in regards to bitcoin and how you said hodl what what you say you said uh the gold bugs are pessimistic and Bitcoiners are optimistic and they're viewing, they're like trying to take us back into the dark ages or however you put it.
2: Yeah. Gold is a fundamentally, or, you know, gold investors are fundamentally uh, pessimistic basically. Like, because you need something bad to happen to reinsert the gold standard. Right. Like you can't, like Bitcoiners are building a parallel system where we can succeed with or without the current system. Like we're building the bitcoin circular economy right so like Mm -hmm. we don't necessarily need to reinsert gold uh during a moment of chaos gold bugs do need that that is you know what gold is uh aiming for like that's their chief thing but that's unreasonable and it hasn't happened they keep trying and it just doesn't even fucking work to the point where they've become so dismayed that they're a parody of themselves and people treat them like preppers so (laughs) You know, it's 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 a much maligned uh, investment in our current world. And to poke a hole in just what he said, which is stupid, um, there's no such thing as God-made scarcity because there is a shitload of gold in the universe, a shitload of it. <laughs> so where's the scarcity?
1: <laughs> My gold. <laughs> and not only that, like the whole, like. I always think whenever I'm um, asked this question, like young kids, like high schoolers, they go crazy for online virtual shit, like Mm -hmm. Fortnite skins, CSGO skins. Um, I watch a YouTube channel called Nelk Boys and they make their own merch and they only do like one set of everything and they never release it again. And people buy it and then resell it on ebay for like five to ten x the original value of it and it stays at that price for a long ass time so it's like i just think i've got um that whole argument's stupid especially when like it's just like gold isn't i don't i don't like thinking of gold as money i just think gold had the right properties for like when it was needed if that makes Sense. yeah totally they needed a money and gold definitely checked almost all the boxes of um being a good money but it obviously lacks in areas where bitcoin succeeds
2: yeah i mean you how are we gonna how, how are you gonna have a global <laughs> economy that runs over the internet on gold we're gonna settle up with like we're gonna bring horses with carts full of gold <laughs> Fuck, like fuck gold gold is <laughs> retarded
3: <laughs> i don't,
2: don't want to entertain stupid questions about gold anymore it's the dumbest <laughs> shit i ever
0: heard <laughs> all right here huddle uh what what would you tell a newbie getting into bitcoin if they just heard about it and they're interested what what is like the simplest simplest uh pitch you could give to someone
2: Buy Bitcoin. There you go. (laughs) Fuck it. I I think my pitch my pitch is simple. It's listen, before you research, before you do anything, buy some Bitcoin. Not I'm not saying like you know YOLO like your entire fucking savings account into Bitcoin. I'm saying buy some Bitcoin, right? Buy a hundred bucks worth of Bitcoin. Buy five hundred bucks worth of Bitcoin. Whatever seems reasonable to you, and then start to do your research because. If you don't put any skin in the game, you're just not gonna fucking care enough to do the research, right? And I think it's essential to go in that order rather than, you know, telling people to be like, Oh, go read Rothbard and, and then come back and buy Bitcoin. No, no, just YOLO in like Nick did and then start doing your research, you know. Hopefully you land on the right the right stuff. You're steered in the right direction. And if you're stupid, your sats are gonna get taken from you because this is a ruthless, capitalistic meritocracy where the strongest hands will end up with all the sats. so if you're a bitch this isn't the game you should be playing in
0: (laughs) yeah time in the market beats timing the market exactly the heuristic always goes
1: exactly i've seen a few tweets that like they get me to stack more bitcoin but um i also can see how it like kind of pisses off a normie to wanting to get into bitcoin someone said like If you're scared to get into Bitcoin now, for example, because let's say it's too volatile, just wait till it's worth five to 10 million a coin and then you can get in safely. Like, like, you know, let the strong hands, you know, do their thing and accumulate the Bitcoin while you can just sit on the sideline like a little bitch. Well, it's like when we, uh,
2: you know, when I started, when I kickstarted that thing where we gave money to that Colombian guy. Uh, people were like, how do we know he's going to hang on to these sats? And I was like, it doesn't matter, because sats always go to the strongest hand. They're like water. They flow downhill to the person who's strong enough to hold them. So if
1: he can't hold them,
2: they were never meant to be his, you know? Wisdom. Simple.
1: Simple. (laughs) Wisdom. I didn't even think of that. That's That's a great analogy of looking at it.
2: Well, cause it's not like they're going to be where do they go No, They're always being held by somebody. And, you know, in fact, like there is no such thing as transacting cash. Have you ever thought about this? You don't transact cash. You somebody is always holding the cash. So, you know, if I have a hundred dollar bill and you have a hundred dollar product, I'm holding the cash and then you're holding the cash and I leave the store with the product. There's there's never any really such thing as like this, this magical transactional utility that happens with money yeah you need to be able to give money back and forth you need to be able to transfer holding it's like the locker analogy that we were talking about you need to be able to give somebody else a key to your locker but there is no like medium of exchange transactability that that's sort of a false god it doesn't really exist people are always just holding whatever they're holding and you transfer ownership
0: there's always a holder of cash exactly well, has uh, anyone want to ask Hoddle a question? We got we got a few friends in here. No, all right. Well, we can ask, keep going.
2: Ask stupid questions. I'll answer like the dumbest question you have. You know, if you because you know Bitcoin's intimidating, right? And so, like, I kind of like that your guy's show is called Bitcoin Kindergarten because I feel like this is a place where, like, if you want to ask like shit that's just really stupid, that you wouldn't feel comfortable asking on Twitter. You can just ask it and nobody will judge you for it. Cause you're not supposed to be smart in kindergarten.
1: Yeah, <laughs> how, exactly. How about who created Bitcoin? Satoshi Nakamoto. There you go. I actually,
0: <laughs> I actually did this today. Uh, I was trying to show this to my sister and I told her about Satoshi Nakamoto. She asked me like who, so who created this? And I'm like, well, and I laugh because I know she doesn't have she's like very conservative and doesn't have a a risk tolerance. And so she asked me that and she was already hesitant and I was just thinking, like before I answered, I started laughing. It's so like, yeah, so like this guy no one knows named Satoshi Nakamoto created it. And before I could even get the sentence out, she's like, what? like, and and you want me to put money in this? And I'm like, well, <laughs> I mean. Yes,
2: that's your problem. You shielded bad. You should have been like I esteemed, know. esteemed computer programmer and Nobel laureate Satoshi Nakamoto. <laughs>
3: soon to be, uh, soon
0: to be,
2: soon, soon to be Times Person of the Year, Satoshi Nakamoto. Um,
3: <laughs> exactly.
2: I do. You think people care anymore about Satoshi? Because I'm getting the sense in the market that nobody really cares to talk about Satoshi because Bitcoin just is here. It works it's worth a shitload of money. Like we don't really need to have a big whole conversation about who Satoshi is anymore.
0: I mean, I, I'd agree with you. Like I personally don't care and to me. It, it makes no difference except if it's Craig, right? You know, he's a fraud. But, uh, mm-hmm. besides mm-hmm. that, I, I personally don't care. And, uh, but I'd have heard some people bring it up. Like, you know, like, don't you, don't you care? And don't you want to know? And I'm like, I really don't care. It doesn't make much of a difference to me.
1: Me either. I
3: don't know if he
1: really moved the price that much. What was that? If he moved his coins, I don't know if that would affect the price that much. We've got so much liquidity now.
2: I think it definitely would, it would affect the price, but it'd be short term. Yeah. right? Right? Like it wouldn't be long term. I mean, back in the day, the idea was that what if Satoshi decides to dump on everybody? and uh first of all he's not going to
3: <laughs>
2: if satoshi is still alive and he has access to his coins he's not going to do that also like okay uh nick Zavo was tweeting about commitment devices the other day and basically a commitment device is like if you know you got a piece of cake in the fridge and so you're you lock up your fridge because you're a fat piece of shit and you're gonna eat that cake right so you're you're pre-committing yourself to not even you don't even have the opportunity to eat the cake because you've installed this commitment device which is the lock on the fridge. Okay. So the fact that Nick is tweeting that out is kind of like, oh, "Nick, you might be Satoshi." So <laughs> I was Just about this. Are you are you kind of saying that you maybe burned your keys so that you don't even have access to them? <laughs> you know what I mean? That's so the, there's, that's what
0: I think. Yeah, I mean, and it'd be it inhuman to hold that much money and not touch it unless you couldn't. Satoshi
2: but he's been around a long time so like he could easily mined. Yeah, i mean exactly. from a different account and he could be sitting on 100k bitcoins which is enough to have a fucking kick-ass life and he'll never he could just always be like oh i was an early adopter of the project and he you know he probably knew that like destroying the million coins like increased the scarcity of his holdings as well he probably took a percentage of like i don't know a couple hundred thousand coins two or three hundred thousand coins whatever and he, he can always hide behind the fact that I was just an early adopter. I wasn't Satoshi, right? So I didn't, like, create it. I just, you know, I was one of the first people to mine it, which would be the smart move.
0: And isn't it, isn't it, um, like, don't we not necessarily know if he mined those first million coins? We only know a few Coinbases that are linked to him, that, like, how Finny got and stuff, right? It's a pretty... Uh... I mean we're convinced he is it's a,
2: but it's a pretty strong assumption i think that he has a million coins like it's because we haven't seen them come back across the network like somebody could give you a much more detailed technical answer but i think the gist of it is yeah we, we haven't seen technical. the coins come back across the network so we don't know for sure that they're they're really you know they're really there like that he really has all million in some sort of you know fucking address somewhere <laughs> like who knows there's also like I remember there was some early tech stuff. I haven't heard anybody talk about this in a fucking long time, but like five years ago, I heard somebody talking about how uh, Satoshi, when he started the network was running the network on 50 computers. And uh, I don't know where that analysis came from, but it's kind of interesting. It lets you know, like right up front, he knew even when he was the only participant, how important decentralization
0: was. Yeah. I haven't heard that.
1: Um based off some tweets i've seen you tweet on twitter um you seem pretty confident that satoshi was an american
2: oh dude hundred percent hundred percent or listen it's either that satoshi is nick zabo or half any or a combination of the two or satoshi is adam back and he pinned it on nick zabo <laughs> like <laughs> because you know the initials are reversed nick zabo not mentioned in the white paper you know, and Satoshi types it, you know, in a British dialect. So it could easily be Adam Back. And he's like, you know what? I'm going to fucking, I'm going to put this trail of breadcrumbs in here. And also, like, I'll be honest. When I, I, I was in the room with Adam Back at the Unconfiscatable Conference, and I'm scared to talk to him. He's too smart. Like, I did, I don't <laughs> want to go up and be like, hey, Adam, I'm going to do this post on Twitter. You know? <laughs> so he could easily be Satoshi, like, 100%. But... If I have my guess, my best guess, Bitcoin is such an American system, like it, 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 it's founded on so many American ideals, right? And in a way, it's like the thing that saves America because it cuts off the people who are eroding America from power. And if you look at like Hal's tussle, you know, basically how basically... And like we're wildly speculating about who Satoshi is, which we said we weren't going to do. But whatever, <laughs> we're in it now. Uh, <laughs> if you look at Hal's, like Hal basically ghost wrote PGP um, because uh, what's his face got in trouble with the U.S. government, and so Hal had to step in
0: and fucking. Uh, hold on, I got transferred
2: I got transfer my baby to my
0: wife, bro. While I'm talking, it's about like a, it's like Black Bull said work. on um, on Twitter or in, in uh, Pleb Talk with Saint. He said. Uh, Bitcoin is, is basically export, exporting the American ideals, but on the blockchain.
2: Exactly. It's, it's, it's basically creating inalienable rights in a way that actually are inalienable. Because once you have your Bitcoin keys, you know, you have the ability to store your time and your energy in something that is going to appreciate in value and not, is not able to be seized from you. If the founding fathers had had the technology, they would have put the technology into, pra- into place because the whole idea of America is predicated on the idea that humans are pieces of shit and that America will repeatedly fail and repeatedly need to be restarted. That's why, like, I think it's time for us to kill some people. Like, <laughs> I mean, if you look at the COVID crisis, like purge,
0: coming soon,
2: <laughs> American leadership has failed people across the board. And in the olden days, it would be time to bust out the fucking guillotine or in America, yeah. the firing squad, because we're not gay and French. Okay? So,
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's what I'm saying.
0: Oh, man. It's like uh, <laughs> a Bitstein said on the latest uh, Noted with Preston Pish, uh, how – I forget who he mentioned, but I think I, – I forget who it was. I don't want to put a name out. But he said um, – one of the founding fathers said, uh, "If anyone had even thought about making money out of paper, that they should get their heads chopped off." <laughs> and... Yeah, I think it was it was either Jefferson or James Madison. Yeah, but yeah they're yeah, right. one of those.
2: That should be something we enshrine in the in the Bitcoin blockchain somehow. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> like, once we get a Bitcoin standard in place, it's like, listen, you motherfuckers want to take us off this? Immediate beheading, immediate.
0: Sounds legit.
1: I'm I'm down with that. I'm so (laughs) proud of Satoshi for the fact that he made this whole thing. He's easily one of the He is going to be the richest person on this planet soon. And he's not, you know, coming out and taking the credit. Like, let's say if he's still alive. He's not moving coins. He's not, you know, going on fucking you know channel 4 news saying that oh i'm satoshi yeah i made this blah 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 like he's not fucking craig wright you know trying to take credit for shit he is just like he made bitcoin put it out there and stepped away from the project and just let it do its thing and that really helped i think with its decentralization and um the fact that absolutely no one knows who he is is it is perfect i think it's genius
2: well totally and like (laughs) doesn't i mean come on the people that believe craig is satoshi (laughs) it goes against satoshi's character to act like craig and another thing is it show you show your hand when you say craig is satoshi because now i know you're stupid as fuck because i have never heard craig say anything that's not gibberish it's just straight gibberish all the fucking time
3: yeah i remember when
1: he admit he he was speaking on that panel and um not that panel he's speaking at like a conference or something and he's like yeah i remember stumbling across bitcoin and reading the white paper and then he kind of stood there he's like well oh i mean i remember it when i wrote it (laughs) and right right
0: well uh do you guys want to ask some question i saw joe was gonna chime in but if not we we can just keep going and i mean you you I got make, a question. There we go.
4: Hey Hoddle. what's up gang? What's up?
0: What's up dude?
4: Join the conversation. Um something that i struggled with early in my uh journey was the mantra of don't trust verify. And i think for like someone new um the whole verify thing is kind of confusing. Like what is can you help explain to someone new what does verify mean, and how do you do
2: it? So this is um, this is a play. Do you guys know the etymology of the phrase? Don't trust, verify.
0: I am sort of familiar with it, but I, I have a bad memory. So you can like you-
2: the Russian so thing. the The Russians were using trust, but verify, and then Reagan stole uh, okay, it from the Russians, yeah, right? Okay. And so in Bitcoin, the phrase became "Don't trust, verify," because you don't even need to trust anybody and then verify on top of it basically what don't trust verify means is it just means run a node do things yourself like fucking you know transact over the network yourself like just be verifying yourself like all your transactions all your outputs you know that you have your ownership of your coins that's all it means it's it's a it's a kitschy phrase that takes the trust layer out of things but i get where you're coming at when you say that it's confusing. And it's also like when you hear it you kind of go, well fuck, what am i supposed to do like compile the code base from scratch myself? Like i don't know how to do that, right? I mean, what what level of verification are we talking about? But the original like etymology of it was just like it was a play on trust but verify.
0: And it and now we kind of have the a newer version of like be your own bank. Right. And, not your keys, not Yeah. You know and i i
2: I get it too, where it's like, listen, we're coming from a world where we, you know we're sort of slaves, and we've been used to asking permission to do things. And so when you're you know even me and I like super hardcore, and I am super hardcore, but like five years ago, I wasn't this hardcore, I was still kind of like, is it okay that I move money at the bank? I mean, internally, I always felt like, fuck these people, but <laughs> I was very deeply conditioned to do things the way I was supposed to be doing them, right? So when you come from that world, it's scary, man. I mean, do, did you guys feel the same way I did when, like, your first set, you know, transacting across the network, like, where you feel, like, literally afraid that you're just going to send money to some cyber terrorist or something? You're just going to totally fuck this stuff. Like, you don't trust yourself.
0: Oh, I mm-hmm. was petrified. I can yeah, totally. I can remember the ex- like my room, it was dark and I was like sending sending some coins and I like quadruple checked the address and I was I was convinced I was sending it like I, and it was just going to poof and disappear and it felt like the I I don't even know how long it took to verify, but it just felt so long for me to get a confirmation and I had like a low-key panic attack. I'm like, did I just lose my money? I'm like, what's going on?
3: But how my good first, is that moment? First how good so is that good. moment when it shows hour. up?
0: It is so yeah. good. Go Oxale. Go Oxel. Oh, I said
1: my, my first confirmation took like an hour.
0: <laughs> That's
2: also confusing too, because you don't understand the meme pool. Like you don't understand why some confirmations might be fast, some might be slow, like why it's a dynamic system, you know? Because when you're working on a trusted system, you're working on the person's word and it's like if you know we transfer money like intra bank, it just goes from one account. It's a digital ledger that just you know automatically adjusts from your account to my account, right? So it's a little it's a little confusing to have this like dynamically adjusting meme pool out in the wild.
0: Yeah, and and I uh, maybe if we got some some noobs that'll listen to this we can explain the difference between decentralized and centralized systems. You basically just did so basically um, um
2: Oh, go like, ahead.
1: Go before you go on, I just want to say, um, the reason why it takes it can take very long for a transaction, to, um, you know, go through and verify and get confirmations. It's all security based. A lot of altcoins, also known as shitcoins, because they're really bad, will t- will try and suck you in by saying, "Oh, Bitcoin's it's too slow or it's too expensive. I don't want to pay." a lot of money for fees um you know i don't want to have to wait a long time for my transaction to confirm blah 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 but their coin their altcoin is so unsecure and unstable like the the um the fact that bitcoin takes a while to confirm that's a feature it's not a bug total
2: one I don't know if anybody's read Pierre's article. Um, Bitcoin is an impenetrable fortress of validation. Yeah, agree. But it goes—you could you could put the word verification in there for validation, and it goes back to the same thing that we were talking about, right? Like the reason uh, it takes some time, like Nick was saying, because of the security, is because it's—you could think about it like a, you know, like a sentinel or like a watchtower that is looking out for fraudulent transactions and then rejecting them before they get close to the perimeter right and that's what it's doing like dynamically all the time which is fucking amazing and you know it's very hard to get faulty transactions into bitcoin it's basically impossible like you you can't counterfeit bitcoin that's the whole fucking thing that's going on here right
0: yep that's why we do it (laughs) exactly Exactly, and uh, once as, I
2: once once you realize that too, you're just like, holy shit! What do you mean? Like something digital can't be counterfeit? It's yeah, fucking amazing.
0: Exactly. You know? And uh, just to add, um, impenetra- impenetrable force of validation is because everyone that runs the Bitcoin software is playing by the same rules, and so if you're trying to fake those rules or break those rules we're all just going to boot you off the system like how ahado was talking about the yap stones in the middle of the village and if you try to mess with that accounting ledger everyone will see you and it's the same same concept but just on a computer in the internet in the cloud
2: exactly, exactly. imagine you go and you know you get drunk one night and you're like fuck <laughs> i'm gonna fucking carve some of this rock for myself right but these are like big rocks that are hard to carve and you spend all night doing it and people hear you hammering, they're like what the fuck ah fucking optimist piece of shit is over there trying to make his own money you know and then they kill you because this is an island of primitive people
3: <laughs>
2: to the gulags we we just don't let you we just don't let you through the network it's much more peaceful
3: yeah
4: <laughs> hey side note real quick uh, uh, if anyone out there is interested, you can also check out Nick Carter's got a great article called "It's the Settlement Assurance is Stupid," and it yeah, talks like about it's like a fantastic one, kind of uh, technical look at why Bitcoin is superior because of you know just all that security and the slow confirmation time. So, for you guys out there listening, uh, might be worth your time to check that one out. Beautiful,
0: beautiful, and and why we have Joe talking, you should go sign up to Words words what's your website words.bitcoin you uh, get... it's it's a,
4: a bitcoinwords.github.io so get, it's a github website pitch it.
0: Give give a little shill we'll give you a little shill Okay
4: hey fr- i didn't pay for this if anyone's listening <laughs> 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 No I, it's it's a uh, basically i'm trying to archive as many like bitcoin articles as possible from all kinds of people across the space the idea is in 10 years um, there's going to be a single place that the people can come you know students College kids would be able to come and see what we were talking about at the uh, you know at the dawn of the revolution. So um, we're da- we've got uh, monthly journals dating back to February 2018, and I've got like 400 or 500 articles that still need to be loaded, dating back to like Genesis block. So it's a constant work in progress,
1: slowly but surely.
4: And uh, thanks for the shout out,
1: Doug, You sent me the PDF file and it was like 200 pages or 200 slides or something. I was like, this is fucking awesome. Like <laughs> I, I got to like print out certain parts of it to, um, hand to boomers. Cause you know, they're little shit on paper. No doubt. And, I'm he, pays to, you. Uh...
0: and he pays you guys. <laughs>
1: I'm testing that out. Don't, don't be, <laughs> I mean,
4: like showing it too hard. I'm like, uh, I'm te- hot on. I don't know if you know, but it, I'm doing, um, faucets in the email. So I deliver it once a month. And so all the readers, they just get a little faucet. Um, They can pull some lightning sats just for opening it. And I basically take the donations and just roll them into the faucet each month. It's pretty cool.
1: Yeah,
2: super. Dude, can you can you believe we all missed out on when faucets were giving away like two Bitcoin? (laughs) Painful. Painful. Dude, 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 (laughs) you could hit multiple faucets. Dude, you could hit multiple faucets in a day and get like six Bitcoin. You know what I mean?
1: Six point one five.
2: I know, dude. <laughs> fucking retarded. Let's, I can. I let's still chill can't out. believe chill I missed that.
0: Let's let's give the mega bulltard chill for the noob that just stumbles on this.
2: Wait for what? For the six point one five. 6. 5. 5. <laughs> listen up, bro. listen up, my my little noobs, my little baby noobs. Uh, if you get, there's a rumor going around. I know because I started it. That if you get six point one five Bitcoin, big-breasted women will just flock to you. Okay, your lifestyle is going to become like Dan Bilzerian's overnight. Now, listen, this is a gift <laughs> and a curse. So, with great power comes great responsibility, young man. Act accordingly. That's all I'm going to say.
0: The li- shill lightly. He's shilling lightly.
1: <laughs> Eternal riches and big titty bitches will be here I uh, I love
0: people. that meme.
2: I love that meme because I just wanted to see if I could meme a random number into people's heads. Like six point one five has no meaning. I just pulled it out of my ass. And now it almost does. It's on like it's on it's on Trezor's <laughs> website and stuff. It's like it's fucking hilarious.
0: And it rolls off yeah. the tongue. It's like you know six point one five. It's just like yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and that's what you
2: need. <laughs> that's why you got to just yolo it like yeah i didn't do a gay calculation
1: like 6.15 <laughs> <motherfuckers>. <laughs> it, 6.15 also has been such like an influence on people in the community especially like me myself like me and all the zoomers will be like man you know keep pushing to that 6.15 you know
3: <laughs> well, Some dude, of us it's a-
1: 6.15 and like you go on bitcoin twitter scroll through the timeline people are like you know, posting pictures of their Cash App buys and they're like one step closer to 6.5, blah, blah, blah. And
2: I love, I love it so much, man. Well, yeah, because like for us, like uh, those of us that got in a little earlier, we had the 21 Club, is what it was called at the time. Now I see people talk about the 21 million Club and that means you have one Bitcoin, right? But the 21 Club at the time meant 21 Bitcoins. And that used to cost around like nine grand or something. And, you know, this was still at a time when, like, Bitcoin could totally die overnight. Uh, So I feel like 6.15, you know, when I started that meme, cost probably, like, 30,000 bucks or 40,000 bucks or something. So it was more like a, listen, listen, Bitcoin is more secure now. There's less risk. So you're going to have to put in a little more if you want to reach the promised land, you know? That's where... uh... Plus, it motivates people to just... You know, who wants to stop at one coin? Fucking gay. (laughs) Keep keep going, man. Is one really enough for you? You know? It's not enough for me. I'll tell you that. Amen. And
1: no matter how much Bitcoin I accumulate, it just never seems to be enough.
2: It never is enough. You'll know we're in a full bull market when you're feeling like true, strong regret about the decisions you made over the past like year and a half, you, you're gonna be like, fuck, can't believe like, fucking ate that sushi dinner that cost a hundred dollars. Like, what an asshole I am.
0: Yeah, you know? <laughs> like those dude. Those I'm already there. Stats. I I bought I bought some like yeah. boots. They were like two million sats, and I was like, dude, like, I want some nice boots. Like, look kind of fresh. And now I'm like, shit, dude. Like, I should have just bought some more Bitcoin. Like, what am I doing? I mean, I still got the driving, boots but like, dude. you know.
2: I drove my wife fucking insane during the last bull run because uh, I, I was like walking around. I was like, you know, I was like, we spent six thousand dollars on this couch, and uh, it's a no nice couch had, by know. the way. Yeah, this <laughs> could have been this could have been a quarter million dollars. Oof, okay, so not that nice. just gonna say, <laughs> not that it's not, nice. It's not worth this is a Lamborghini you're sitting on. I hope you fucking enjoy it. You know? (laughs) (laughs) And she was like, listen, I'll accept this for like two days, but you can't do this for three weeks, which is what you've been doing. I'm like, all right, fair enough.
3: Fair enough.
1: It's also a great way to start thinking about stuff and like training your brain. Like, you know, um, Bitcoin Tina talks about it all the time, you know, repricing the world in sats. you know? Um, there are google chrome extensions so like let's say if i were to go on amazon and look at a bunch of shit it'll next to the u.s dollar price it'll also show the bitcoin price in it and how much satoshis it costs and you're kind of it it makes you kind of think like do i really need yeah this 87th sweatshirt from amazon no i'd rather just buy the bitcoin
2: well, and, you know, what you're talking to actually bleeds into a super important point, Nick, which is like, OK, like everyone's going to do that. Right. And so what happens when everyone does that? Products that don't add value to people's lives in the immediate are going to die off. And there are a lot of products like this. Like it's what Pierre calls the high velocity trash economy. It's just mm-hmm. all these cheap plastic goods we buy on Amazon because we're just like, oh, it only costs 25 bucks. Yola, bitch. Woo. But if you could wait and buy a quality item that was going to like last a lifetime let's say or you could wait and get something that was 10x better or something that hadn't even been invented yet then you would wait but right now we're just like oh yeah fucking amazon deal of the day Do we? <laughs> right <It's> like <laughs> we're all mindless consumers and uh in a world in which deflation takes hold people are going to be much more comfortable saving their money and also here i'm going to believe this one more there's this idea that velocity of money in Keynesianism is the thing that causes, uh, you know, that basically like speeds economic activity, right? Like that creates economic activity. That You need inflation to encourage spending. It's the stupidest thing in the world. You don't need to encourage spending. People need to spend on items to fucking do stuff in life, That's, but they don't need to spend on items that are junk. So when you increase inflation in the economy artificially, creating malin creates more junk products. On the back end of that, you have these stupid fucking baby boomers who grew up nobody on Bitcoin kindergarten is going to be a baby boomer. So fuck <laughs> you, fuck the baby boomers, right? These these idiots grew up where hamburgers cost a nickel or some shit, and now they're fucking multi millionaires in the Keynesian economy. But they're like, I don't know, this, <laughs> Ruth, did you see this? This Big Mac it cost eight dollars. <laughs> I don't think so. Not today, sweetie. We don't need it. And they don't spend. It's the opposite of a wealth effect, right? Whereas if you were de- in a deflationary economy, you would look at your productive output over your entire life. You'd be at your golden years, your retirement years, and you would be like, guess what? The hamburger's only legal. Fuck it. Let's get a couple. You know, remember all those years we went without? Let's treat ourselves,
0: right? So there you go. I went on a long ride. And, and, Personally, like I've I've noticed that um, in myself, the last time that the price started pumping, you start, which was in in eighteen, if I remember correctly, you start feeling that itch of like, oh, like okay, I have a little wealth, like I could buy a mm-hmm. few things, like yeah, let me let me buy a couple Bitcoin shirts or some some stickers or like yeah, that yeah. that sounds cool, you know, like uh, let's 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 spread this around a little bit
2: dude i was at the ritz carlton in new york um and i got a thousand dollar massage (laughs) like i don't know that like when bitcoin was at 19k i was getting thousand dollar massages right (laughs) that's and i didn't even sell any bitcoin it's not like i paid for my massage in bitcoin no i I fucking put on a credit card because i just felt rich as fuck (laughs) i was like i deserve it (laughs)
3: <laughs>
0: but it's, i want to add something because uh last week when we were or maybe a few weeks ago and we were on dirtbag friday um hodl you were saying how um you've been repricing your wealth in sats and we still have a hard time in doing that because we're still basically default keynesians and we think in the dollar and the more we think in sats it it really does affect your thinking on things and you're like, oh, okay. Oh, like, big time. Yeah. You know, Sats is think, the standard.
2: The, the biggest mind fuck is if you have assets that are not Bitcoin, you know, you have a little money outside of Bitcoin. Uh, like for me, I have a house. I have some real estate. I have, you know, some cars. I have a little bit of cash, some equities. Um, my net worth is in Sats is going down. Mm. And as somebody who highly values Sats, that fucks with me because I don't like to see my net worth go down. And I'm used to a Keynesian economy where number go up. Your net worth only ever goes up, even if your purchasing power is being diminished, right? So the idea that I'm losing sats all the time is deeply troubling to me. And it's the reason I've been continuing to think this way, because now I'm thinking, okay, do I need, do I need these equities? Do I need this cash? Do I need this investment property? Do I really need this fancy of a car? Do I need this motorcycle that, you know, I ride on? Like stuff like that. And then you just start to ask yourself, you know, okay, yeah, this motorcycle costs 16 grand, I could probably get 12 for it on the used market. That's a Bitcoin plus, might do it, right? And uh, I think it's very healthy to think that way. Especially if you're able to front run the world using Bitcoin as their unit of account, which we all think they're going to. Because, you know, in the order of operations that creates money, unit of account is the last step, right? So you go store of value, medium of exchange, unit of account. And medium of exchange, unit of account, they kind of have at the same time. Store of value is like the big first one, the base layer, you know, the foundational FedRock. I think we all probably agree with that. Yeah. Um, so if you front run people, if you get there first, you have a lot of power because you've been thinking this way for years, right? and so to you the world is denominated in sat, instead of having the world be denominated in u.s dollars even a guy like paul tudor jones i look at you know who he announced today that he had made uh investments but he's using bitcoin futures and he's hoping to make more dollars and i look at a guy like that and i think all right good for you you're gonna make some dollars i'm better than you (laughs) (laughs) like i'm ahead of you in this game in this race that we're playing because I know that we're all going to be pricing in sats eventually. Now, like, you're a baby boomer. You're going to fucking be dead because, you know, your life is basically over. You're already like a dead man walking. And uh, I'm being really mean to baby boomers. (laughs) (laughs) uh, for him, it's never going to be – he's never going to – he doesn't think he's ever going to live in a hyper-Bitcoinized world. And, you know, he's probably right. Like, he's however old, like 65 or some shit. And so if it takes 30 years, they'll probably be dead before it happens, right? But for us, we're going to be here for a while. And so I would like to start thinking ahead of others so that when, you know, they cross the finish line, I've been fucking having a beer (laughs) for like hours, just chilling.
1: Also, um, for like people who think like, oh, Bitcoin will never catch on and succeed, blah, 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 you know, the doubters and haters. Well then what the fuck happens when fiat, you know, the US dollar uh hyperinflates, gold is a flawed money system, can't really use that. Like what 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 the fuck do we do? Like Bitcoin's the only solution, at least the only solution that I've seen. It's
2: I can't see a world in where Bitcoin is not the victor. You know, I hundred can... percent. I can see a world in where Bitcoin succeeded, but not to the level that we all thought. I can see a world where hyper-Bitcoinization is stalled out. I can see that world, right? Where, like, basically Bitcoin ends up acting as a peg for global fiat currencies, you know? And, like, every nation continues to print their own Bitcoin, but that ultimately, like, or, sorry, print their own currency, but that ultimately, like, Bitcoin is the peg of these what will be central bank digital currencies, And Bitcoin sort of is like, you know, the reserve asset of the Internet and since global commerce has to be facilitated across the Internet. If you're looking to store value, you're going to store it in Bitcoin. Now maybe that's a temporary state that only lasts 100 years or 200 years, but it could last a lifetime. And so I don't discount that possibility. That said, in order for something like that to happen, the price has to rise exponentially. So while I do think that, like, that's not the ultimate goal, like, that's not what we're here for, uh, there's still a world in which you win, but you just don't win as much as you thought you were going to win.
1: For me, um, I've, in a sense, I've already won in the fact that I can't have my money confiscated from me. I can make it more private and, uh, you know, add anonymity to it. The fact that i have unfuckable money that the government can't touch is already a huge win in my book totally agree
0: um i i got a, a question that i always get and since we're being super bullish it's the same question i always get and they say um how can bitcoin be money if it's so volatile and i have a response but let's let's hear
2: what's your what's your response because i already have a pattern response
0: yeah my my response is that's what you expect as as an asset becomes monetized it's it's you know it's gonna it's gonna be a roller coaster ride and further the fact that it's a free market money you know there's no one that's that's making sure it's a certain price it's you know it's gonna go up and down and we don't know where it's gonna go but the fact that we're front running this new money you know it, it's a great opportunity for us to hold it and the short term doesn't mean much because numbers go up and
2: yeah i think i basically have the same pitch that i give people and i kind of rely on evolutionary science just explain to them i say listen there's no stasis in nature okay mm. except that that's a print that's a foundational principle you need to build on Bitcoin is not static. Neither is the dollar. Neither are any of the world's currencies. They trade against each other. You just don't know about it because you're a regular person who doesn't do currency trading, right? So it's like Bitcoin is an evolving system. So to think that the you know sprout that you're looking at now, like like if I if we were all staring at a uh, you know just a little sprout and I was like, hey, this is going to be a mighty redwood tree. You know, if you didn't know <laughs> that that could happen, that was possible, you would think I was lying to you. I was basically selling you magic beans, right? <laughs> and it's like sometimes magic beans are fucking real, right? That's basically like I think how people need to think. I think it's just really, man, it's really fucking hard to talk to normal people who've never thought about because you're just talking to sheep and they're just like, bah, <laughs> fucking Paul, Paul Krugman says. And you're like, fuck Paul Krugman, dude. Who cares? Like, right? Or they're just like, oh bah, can I can I buy stuff with it in the store? Uh no, you can't, you stupid piece of shit. It's a store of value right now, not a medium of exchange. Uh, uh I don't understand. Isn't Venmo good enough? No, you fucking stupid asshole. Venmo is just fiat and they surveil you. Right? It's
1: like you're not you're not even talking to real people.
2: Thinking also-
3: clearly. They're just
2: they're thinking via convention.
1: Also, one of the things is people have to realize with Bitcoin, you can buy and sell whenever the fuck you feel like it. Exactly. You know, like let's say if I wanted to sell stocks, I got to wait for the market to open. I got to contact my financial advisor if he controls it. Or I got to, you know, do shit on, you know, E-Trade or whatever the fuck I'm transacting on there there's a process to it and stuff it takes time but with bitcoin you just transfer it to an exchange hit sell and as soon as you know you have a buy your buy order filled you get the money and it's that's why we saw like a huge crash like when everything was dropping like all assets were dropping bitcoin dropped like 50% in one day it's like yeah cuz all the weak hands who got scared are able to sell so easily and then what do we see what um it went down to like 3800 and then went right back up to 5400 because you know all the smart hands i know me myself i bought that dip i bought like around low 4k and um i would not be surprised if <laughs> youtube were stacking hard
3: no, I, I know
1: Bitcoin Twitter was stacking hard. I was seeing screenshots of people buying constantly and um, they call like when the price drops super hard, there's a line of people called the huddlers of last resort who will buy and hold at any price, especially when the price dips. They're the ones who constantly keep buying it. And then... After it dips, it kind of levels out then shoots back up because these people who understand what Bitcoin is and, you know, what it brings to the table, they're buying it. They're not selling anything. I haven't sold a coin in I don't know how long, years.
2: Totally. When, if you're a noob, I want you to understand this very clearly. There is no possibility that Bitcoin can go to zero because I will buy every Bitcoin 50 cents each. So... There's no, the, 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 this, the floor is 50 cents, right? And then what happens when you add another hot, the floor is a dollar. And then you add, you know, two more like us and then two more and then two more and then two more. That's where you get to the price floor that are made up of all the people that are crazy like us, who are the hodlers of last resort. And what it means to be a hodler of last resort is to have superior conviction. I mean, one of the things, the problems with the all coiners is they don't believe in the future they're selling if you talk to like ck Snarks has been on this binge where he's basically like you know listen when you talk to ethereum people like they all own bitcoin when you talk to the bitcoin people they fucking hate ethereum and it's like yeah i would never buy Ethereum. and if you fuck with ethereum you're dead to me like i think you're a piece of shit right so like i'm not selling a future i don't believe in i'm selling the future that i'm going all in on i have massive conviction and like that was what you had to have in the early days of bitcoin to survive and that is still the same energy that will keep bitcoin thriving for years to come it's just like the foundational constitution of america you need to be able to fucking defend it with your life right and if you're not willing to defend it with your life it will erode to nothing which is like where we're at now because we don't have true patriots
0: beautiful beautiful i I know this show was meant for noobs to stack but i'm I'm vibing right now. I'm about to stack once we finish this. So. <laughs> Let's go. I got my, I got my
2: auto stack set up, man. So uh, any minute I'm about to. I I think it goes off at 8:30. My auto stack.
0: Do you have a daily auto stack? I have a daily, yeah, because fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> I I mean I I've been thinking about putting one. I am I'm I'm, a, I'm like a weekly stacker, but uh after what. Just our... break. I Break
2: just, your weekly down into your daily because it's just so much more awesome to see it pop up every day.
0: Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Cause like, and further, what uh, what Fryer Haas was saying the other day, where something along the lines, if like 0.1 percent of the population stacked five dollars a day, then we'd already right. be like at the moon. It's it's not Fran- even that much. Dude,
2: Francis uh, Poulette was talking about um, streaming. Like he's he's he like runs bull bitcoin right and i think he's uh done the functionality for himself only at this point but he has buys streaming in every minute so <laughs> oh, man. Every, every minute he's purchasing bitcoin from his bank account and and it's going into bitcoin right like that's that's literally insane that's you well, can just see the drain the drain happening Yeah and
0: and our friend Joe in the pod right now he was um he was doing I forget what it was but he was doing like minute or hour hour buys or something on Sparkswap before they went down and he was he's he was all about it totally Well any Dude, any more it's... questions for hodl or cuz we can go keep ranting with Hoddle. got got me hyped <laughs>
2: yeah i'll go i'll go for as long as uh, you guys want fucking uh i if we if you guys want to take some more noob questions though if you're a noob in the chat and you like don't want to speak up just go ahead any anything you got
0: yeah nick you'd you'd have to go check on your computer because i can't really leave the screen right now
2: but um yeah man i'm fucking dude okay i'll i'll uh I won't say who I was talking to, but I was talking to, you know, a pretty OG Bitcoiner, uh, somebody who everybody follows here and and who everybody knows. And we were just talking about how, you know, we've never been more bullish, like both me and him. You know, even at 20K, I didn't feel this. Because you can just feel like you can just feel it coming. Do you you guys like agree with that statement?
0: Like I do. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. 100%.
2: It, there's something in the air. It's fucking electric and like it, it's the thing that gets dude, like I don't need caffeine, you know? <laughs> like I could just wake up like on a day when the price is pumping, dude, I don't need caffeine. I am fucking jacked oh, all day. Yeah,
0: I was jacked today. You know? Today yeah. felt today I felt mean, real I, good. I'm still drinking
2: I'm still drinking hella caffeine anyway, <laughs> you need to. <laughs> But it's like, yeah, there's something, there's there's this just this feeling, and I think the feeling of bullishness that we're, me and this OG were both having, was one in which Bitcoin reaches escape velocity this time around, and that we maybe don't have the bear cycle again, right? Because once you know that Bitcoin is going to happen, and you have that certainty, well, you want to front run the next halving. And then you front run all the havings. And so it may be that, you know, we have this conversation on Twitter, which is stupid about the having being priced in. It's clearly not priced in. Right. But maybe the next having and all subsequent havings are. Because right now there's still too much information asymmetry. Yeah. But it could be that very soon that is no longer the case. And people get real woke to what the having is. Because uh, you guys weren't around the last having, but I was. It was, a, it was a zero. It was a bunch of nerds having pizza parties, posting pics of it on Reddit, being like... <laughs> <laughs> right? And, uh, you know, we all watched computers, and we were like,
3: whoo!
2: Right? Like, that was the energy around the last- This energy is like, what's up, bro? Uh, world's greatest hedge fund manager just bought in. Uh, fucking Everybody's talking about it. It's on CNBC. Fucking... The money is getting printed at an exponential clip right when bitcoin hardens let's do this thing every every american just got a 1200 stimulus check it's time to fucking go <laughs> like that's the energy this it's it's totally fucking different and
0: it feels insane i love it
1: yeah i it feel like it's like only a... gonna get better yeah as time goes on
0: i was gonna say it feels like a like we're all watching the tidal wave coming in and we're just like, "Yep, Like it's, yeah. it's almost to the shore. Like we're, and we're ready mm-hmm. as ready as we can be. We're like on the cliff on top of the cliff. Like hopefully, you know, we don't get swept away, but it seems like it's coming for us right now. I
2: will tell you too, like you're not going to get what you think you're going to get out of the people in your life. Right. Like mm. somebody, I, there was this saying I saw that I'd never seen before. It was like, People will forgive you for being wrong, but yeah. they'll never forgive you for being right. Yeah, Jimbo right? posted that today. Yeah, dude. That's that says it all, man. For real. I experienced that. I experienced that. I thought like I was gonna be like, What's up? I'm a multimillionaire now. Fuck it, I got rich off Bitcoin. Remember when I told you, dumbass about it? <laughs> and you didn't you know, like I was doing that kind of shit. Like I was being kind of a dick because I was just so people wrote me off, people made fun of me, yada yada. So like, you know, it's 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 revenge in a certain sense, but when I did it, (laughs) the reactions were so bad. (laughs) People, people just acted like ostriches and just put their head in the sand. It wasn't even like they were mad at me; they just acted like I didn't exist. You know, it was fucking
0: strange, dude. Dang wisdom, because I'm like at that point right now where I'm like telling my friends, like guys and family, like guys, come on, like you should be buying this.
2: You want to. You want to save them, but honestly, if you like care about those relationships, you would do your, like your best thing to do is shut the fuck up <laughs> and no, I'm serious. And I know. Not i not bring it up. And even when you get rich, just don't bring it up again. Just, you know, sort of be humble about it. If they like ask you where you got your money or whatever, kind of, be, oh, you know, you know, it's that Bitcoin thing. Like it did pretty, I did pretty well. There, there you go. Like Waste that, them. that's how you keep a relationship now me i didn't care i was like <laughs> if you don't like 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 if you weak bitches don't like successful people then you can suck it you don't belong in my life You know? <laughs> <laughs> lol that's good that's so you rich. gotta you gotta make a you gotta make a decision yourself you know i think nick is gonna be more types it's like everyone gonna suck my dick <laughs> <laughs> and i respect it i respect that game dude
0: without a doubt i mean in our secret chat he's already telling me he's like dude i'm gonna be having supermodels and shit like i don't know about you guys (laughs) i
1: mean shit i'm gonna i'm gonna enjoy life (laughs) fuck it
0: hey same gang gang dude
2: so funny bro (laughs) hey listen though i'll tell you man i live in las vegas uh these girls who want you for your money use them just as much as they use you don't Get taken in where you're like, yeah. oh, this girl loves me. She doesn't love you, you stupid yeah. fuck. <laughs> right? Don't don't do that, right? You're gonna want to meet a, you know, you're gonna want go to go farmers like a pumpkin pad. You know, meet a nice girl, somebody who's wearing like a sweater, drinking a hot cocoa. That's
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: that's who you want to end up with. Dating tips like a
1: out of like a fucking bookstore and so the bar <laughs>
2: exactly. Exactly, and she's got glasses and like a ponytail. Ooh, but when ooh. you when you take off the glasses and the ponytail, like she's real hot. You, know?
1: <laughs> you got freckles. I know you like that shit. Exactly,
2: exactly. <laughs> dude. That was so funny that uh, the shitcoiners were so upset about that meme. They were like, "Oh, this guy's a fucking pedophile," and I was like, "Oh my could god, you,
3: could,
2: could you idiots think any more concretely? Like, dude, this is the sign of stupid, stupid thinkers." they see them they see something and they take it at a hundred percent face value they have zero abstraction right so like of course you're not going to get the fucking joke when you can't abstract anything i think i think most of them were just using it as an excuse to like dunk on me or whatever but then i had a bunch of them privately message me like dude i'm not gonna lie it's really funny i just can't say it's funny because people will be mad at me (laughs) oh man we were
1: geeking about it in the zoomer group chat (laughs)
2: i thought it was i thought it was funny
0: i thought
3: it was hilarious I finally
2: i deleted it because wiz was like Fuck, you showed your fingerprints again i was like ah oh is this man. really that big a deal for opsec wiz fine i fucking delete it but I'm, like all the all the hardcore privacy guys are always like dude you showed your fingerprints they're gonna they're gonna hack you now maybe they will i don't know you know more than i, I don't know <laughs>
0: i mean i saw a good good debate going on on twitter versus uh like number go up crowd and then the privacy censorship resistant crowd and uh i'm blanking on who it was but they were saying like no one cares about that it's all about number go up and everyone else was like it's literally intertwined like it's it's one in the same you know like
2: yeah there's a real division <laughs> there's a real division i think between those two sects of the tribe, you can sort of feel it. Like, I view, like, myself and Matt O'Dell as on, like, different sides of this. <laughs> but I'm trying to be really sympathetic to, like, Matt's viewpoint, you know, because I do think privacy is... I just, I happen to not personally care about my own privacy, you know? So I'm not trying to stand in, like... I think Matt sometimes feels I'm trying to stand in opposition to him, like, undo what he's doing. But really, I am not trying to do that. I, I just, personally, I don't give a shit. Right. And maybe that's the wrong attitude to have, but that is the attitude I have and I can't shake it because I've been living so publicly for so long that it it would feel weird to not be. Yeah,
0: Interesting. And also I think it's kind of like, uh, we're so ingrained with it, you know, like, I mean, me, I'm closer to Hoddle's age. So us growing up, you know, I, I personally never thought about much privacy things until i got on the internet and even then i'd be like on instagram and would just be showing you know everything i'm doing and then you find out in bitcoin about your op and you're like oh yeah like i'm pretty much fucked if i really ever got an attack like wow (laughs) yeah like yeah i should
2: have done that i I think for the zoomers man it's like uh you guys came up in a different time right like somebody was explaining to me that like you know, when when you guys were in high school and shit, like, people would post your... Like, if you were being a drunk dumbass at a party, people would post your ass to the internet, right? That shit didn't happen during my generation. Yeah. So, we didn't have the same sort of, like, trauma. Or don't let them see what you're doing and shit. Like, I used to act a fool all the time, but there was no video. So I I'm didn't lucky we didn't snap, have video, man. Snapchat, you know? Yeah, <laughs> Oh, me too, dude. If there was video of some of the shit I did, uh, it, it's over. Like, I, I would just be... <laughs> so embarrassed of that shit still to this day you know the fact that it's like in the ether and it's gone away is i'm very happy about that.
0: <laughs> this is this is the uh the groomed and and mellowed out Hoddle. imagine imagine younger huddle
2: oh it was bad it was it was bad it was bad boys it was bad it was really bad it was bad <laughs> uh so this is me this is me as like an adult man with children (laughs) you should have seen me as like a 17 year old it's not good
1: (laughs)
0: oh man um so nick did you find any questions or did we answer them all i think we might have been caught up
1: um on the discord i think we're all caught up with questions but i have some loaded up here all right um who controls the Bitcoin network? Uh, let me
2: think about that. Not just All give a rote. Not just give a rote answer. Um, so miners, uh, economically validating nodes, and hodlers. Those are the people who I think control the Bitcoin network. I mean, hodlers control the price, so that's not really necessarily a function of the Bitcoin network, but economically validating nodes miners, and that's that's just going back to our full node like an economically validating node just means you have to actually use your node right you can't like spin up a node and it's just you know it's every day it's recording the bitcoin blockchain but like you're not using it you're not signaling out you're not sending transactions out
1: so i think uh, yeah i think oxtail said um the participants is that what you said because yeah. i mean uh, yeah 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 i agree with that um no one really no one person no central authority controls uh, the bitcoin network it's like decisions are made by social consensus you know with the miners um and the participants who use the actual protocol so it's really like the only truly decentralized money out there you know like a lot of these all coins claim to be decentralized they're not in any way they're all centralized like some dude will release a coin one day and then like an hour later be like oh yeah check out my decentralized thing with even though i'm the one controlling everything about it (laughs) it's just this is
2: why um all coins get um exceedingly complicated and become like these elaborate root goldberg machines is because they're trying to obfuscate the fact that they're not decentralized they're trying to hide the fact that they are fully centralized and there's a committee of a few people who say what happens on chain
1: right 100 percent. and like That's, i feel like there's also a backwards way of thinking when uh, satoshi built bitcoin i think i heard that he had written the code first and then he released the white paper yeah whereas i think a lot of altcoins do the opposite
2: when if you if in in justin Sun tron's case he just plagiarized a bunch of other white papers so he didn't even write his own white paper so retarded that people would invest in that shit man but, you know, here's the thing. It's like um, I put out this tweet that was like, you know, hey, in crypto, we're all one big happy family. And like everyone should get together and fucking, you know, like sing Kumbaya. And uh, then I put a second tweet under it that was like, if you read this, like you're a fucking dumb piece of shit. Fuck yourself. <laughs> right? like, and uh, or basically, if you believe this, what I'm saying, like you're a dumb piece of shit. And all the shitcoiners coiners were t- retweeting it unironically because they don't do their due diligence. They didn't look through the tweet thread. They were just like, oh, yeah, crypto's a fucking happy family. Retweet. <laughs> it's like, eh, you, you guys are such easy marks. You could feed the shitcoiners anything. That's what I love to do is feed the misinformation on Twitter. Fucking hilarious.
0: <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> uh, so, Nick, you got any more? We'll, we'll be a little respectful to Hoddle's time. He's got a family over there.
1: Um, what happens when Bitcoin are
0: lost? Uh,
2: so Bitcoin can be lost for individuals. They're still on chain, but it's basically like our storage locker analogy we were using earlier. You know, the storage locker exists and you lose the key to it, right? But that key is not something that can be copied. So if you lose your one storage locker, it's gone for, for good, Right. But what's nice about that is those coins will now never show back up on change ever again because they've been fully lost and it's it's impossible to regenerate a private key. I think I think there was you know, the entropy in each private key is something like there, there's more grain sand on the entire earth times like a hundred or some shit. It's fucking yeah, it's, re- it's,
3: it's, it's ten to the seventy seven.
2: Right. So it's yeah, you're never gonna be able to get that key back if you don't have written down in the specific order that you need to have it written down right and so basically yeah i think, it's a, I think lost keys are, lost coins are a great thing because <laughs> they they cause number go up for the rest
0: of- yeah adds to the scarcity they're what?
2: permanent there are permanent hodlers you know
0: what what would you say to um people that would say that losing coins you know eventually we'd get to the point where like everyone lost coins and then there's not enough bitcoins
2: well you know people are that stupid that they can't <laughs> hang on coin maybe humanity as a whole but doesn't. <laughs> doesn't need it doesn't deserve you know? it it's we, like, don't, we don't deserve it at this point yeah
0: it's like uh pierre said back to the noted podcast with preston he's like i feel like god's a little disappointed in humanity because we haven't been able to not be greedy throughout time and debase our currency and have people steal from each other and then bitstein adds was like well maybe that's uh like a testament to uh human technology and how big of a problem it is to organize different uh human action
2: so totally Also, we could run the entire, you know what I mean? We could just keep dividing it down. So, yeah, you could lose all the Bitcoins and run run the whole world on one Bitcoin. Like, the number, you know, the number of coins doesn't, like, that there's 100 million coins, 21 million coins, 75 coins. As long as they're divisible uh, downings, it doesn't matter, right? Like, wealth is just a measurement you know or it should be a measure it's kind of like the world we live in now where we have constant inflation is a world in which you know you're measuring something with a ruler that's ever changing like you draw a new ruler every day and you measure how many how how big is it that's oh, six inches and then tomorrow you're like ah, it's six inches but you <laughs> need the sizes right and that's the thing with bitcoin is that doesn't happen bitcoin is 100% uh, accurate in terms of its ability to measure wealth, which gives us, this is goes back to the misallocation of capital uh, malinvestment thesis, which is that once you have a fully accurate measurement, well, you can start building things that are better, that are more sound, you know, economic machines that are more sound, businesses that are more sound. You can capital allocate in a more specific manner, in a more granular manner. And uh, that's fucking amazing. I mean, that's one of the things that like, like safety was talking about this on the Stefan Rivera podcast, that basically like he's been kind of shaken up by the stock to flow model because, you know, Austrian econ, you know, there's this idea that like, you know, data and uh, are bullshit because they were looking at data and graphs from McKinsey and perspective. But when you have data and graphs that are built on top of the Bitcoin protocol, you have fully accurate measurements of wealth. So you can do a lot of things that you can't do. Uh, In a fully Austrian perspective or, you know, something that the Austrian economy like Rothbard and, uh, you know, Hayek never saw coming. Right. And so it's like so fascinating the world in which we live where we're able to get an accurate count of everything that's happening. You know, that's like why we need to be hyper Bitcoinized, too, because the more, you know, side chains and bullshit uh, that you have, you know the more like private channel layers that you have, the more fuckery you're going to have in the system. So there will always need to be that secure base chain that you can come back to, to bedrock things in truth, right? And so maybe like over here, there's this you know hub of lightning channels that everything got fuck- fucky and you know, there was a Ponzi scheme being run on one or whatever. Once it eventually settles back to base chain and it will settle back to base chain as all things must, we're going to know the truth because it's going to have to be bedrocked in truth
0: right beautiful beautiful
1: beautiful, bro i also um one good thing about lost coins is another good thing is it forces you to you know take accountability and be responsible and make sure you got your shit together and you know you got your correct seed phrases down you got backups of your seed phrase in case anything happens to it. You know, there have been plenty of people who have had Bitcoin and have been like, you know, I don't need a backup, whatever. They lose access to their uh, coins and they're like, shit, all that money's gone. And I fucked up. It punishes you to make these silly mistakes. And, it, you know, it's like uh, accidentally putting your hand on a hot stove. If you get burned... you you're going to learn and not make that same mistake again. And in the, in the long run that benefits you because you actually start to learn shit where I feel like in the current system, you can keep getting burned without, you know, learning anything because you're not taking any responsibility for yourself.
0: Yeah. It's like, uh, I think it was Gigi who said Bitcoin is life, you know, like there's no refunds in life. You don't get time back. And it, it makes you it makes you start thinking in a certain way you know like life would be different if there was no death and you know it gives your choices consequences and we don't have that in money and it's you know runaway consequences now and we're seeing the effects and it's not so well
3: totally totally
2: yeah i agree about personal responsibility too it's like we live in this world where nobody is personally responsible for anything. I mean, like, and especially like, you know, from our generation down to the next generation, you know, all these calls for socialism. It's, I always think about this and I'm just like, you know, if you if you idiots wanted to do socialism, you could do it right now under a capitalist system, right? But you don't want to do socialism because you're all takers. <laughs> so who's who's going to, you know, create productive output in a world where you're all takers? And this is sort of like an Ayn Ayn Randian philosophy, you know, but it's true. Like there are certain people who hold up the world. Like a guy like Elon Musk going to do so much more than somebody who's going to sit on the couch and be like, I have a gender studies degree. It's like, "Uh uh-huh. It's a Native American gender studies degree. Uh Uh-huh. It's an albino Native American gender. Shut the fuck up. Shut (laughs) up. You know, like Elon Musk is trying to get us to Mars. You know, if he says something off color, if he says something racist, well, guess what? We still need to go to Mars. Okay? So I don't care. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> oh man.
1: I agree. That there's always gonna be people who sit on their ass and uh complain that other people have more money and more success than them and say that they deserve it when they clearly don't. Exactly. So many fucking people. I I saw I saw people on Twitter complaining. This is normie Twitter, by the way. They were complaining that Bill Gates has too much money and he didn't work at all to deserve what he has and he, like, had his company given to him. Like, some bullshit lies. Like, just blatant, you know, bullshit. And, um, oh, yeah. they were saying how he shouldn't be allowed to have that much money and that he needs to redistribute it to, you know, the masses and stuff. And it's just so fucking stupid.
2: There's this phraseology, um, you know, from the laugh that nobody makes a billion dollars you take a billion dollars yeah and it's like uh you know elon was talking about this on the rogan podcast he went on the rogan podcast the second time i was listening to it before i hopped on with you guys and he was basically saying listen like it's like yeah i get to consume a little more like there is definitely some you know i get some better shit. i can have cool cars and cool houses and whatever but largely what i'm in capital allocation Like, I'm able to put capital towards the things that I want, like going to Mars or building electric cars or, you know, doing Neuralink, whatever the fuck he's doing, right? And so that's the real thing you get with your billions because you organize people in an effective hierarchy or an effective system. All right, because think about this. Let's take it, like, really uh, deep. You know, cavemen had the exact same raw material that we do. You could be a caveman on a beach with sand, you have no fucking idea how to turn that sand into a semiconductor. And the reason you don't is because you don't have the appropriate recipe that unlocks that, right? And there are, you know, many recipes and a complexity of recipes that gets you to the point where you can even build a semiconductor, but the point exists that human beings are the ones that come up with those innovations. So if you're the type of person that creates a successful recipe that unlocks economic potential, you know every billion dollar uh, fortune is basically like a puzzle that was solved even even the guys who are doing finance right they're doing puzzles that are kind of bullshit <laughs> like they're uh, they're kind of cheating you know like they got the they got the the key to the crossword but it's still they're still doing a puzzle that is unlocking a better life for for people across the world right like there is more efficient capital allocation because of hardcore investors who short companies and do all the things they do, because, you know, if a company doesn't isn't living up to snuff and it has the ability to be shorted, you should short it. Right. It's like there's um, this speech in Wall Street where, you know, Charlie Sheen Bud Fox in the movie asked Gordon Gecko like why he wrecked this company. And he goes, because it was wreckable and he's supposed to be the bad guy in that movie. But no, that's the truth. If the company is wreckable, you wreck it. If it's not wreckable, you let it stand and keep making money for everybody else,
0: and that's pretty fitting with uh, what we're seeing with COVID right now and all these bailouts. And uh, I forget who Chamath was talking to on CNBC, but where he tried to like back him in a corner and make him into a bad guy because he was like saying uh, that if an airline is is uh allocating capital bad then they should fail and uh uh, i think his name was steve or scott and he's on uh he was the announcer and he was like so you're saying that companies should fail and he was like yes if they're making bad choices they should fail and it goes back to you know all these feel good theories about human action and how you know socialism's the way and you know we should get bailed out if our companies are doing bad, and it's just fundamentally flawed.
2: Totally, hundred percent. Yeah, I love that. That's a classic. That's an all time classic interview. Like <laughs> right. he just chat he he chatted the fuck out of him on. That. I loved it.
3: <laughs> yeah, good. Just stuff. when he's
2: like, "Are you saying? Are you saying they should let companies fail?" He goes, "Yes, <laughs> well, fuck yeah." <laughs> right. That's the energy you should have. That's the energy you should have when you're talking about Bitcoin. You know, it's just like, are you saying that Bitcoin's gonna be worth millions of dollars? Yes. <laughs> yes. No more. No more explanation required. Just deadpanned.
3: <laughs> uh, this
2: is. I think this is something. I don't quite understand is like when you're um, when you like have this belief in Bitcoin and you know like what's going on here and you know what's happening. You know, you're kind of just waiting for the inevitable. Right. Like, I'm not, I don't do anything to make Bitcoin succeed. You don't do anything to make Bitcoin succeed. Like, we're fucking around doing a podcast, talking about like just kind of the shit we think is funny or interesting or whatever. Right. And uh, I think that's one of the prime incentives of hodling to sort of entertain yourself along the way. And so sometimes when new people come into Bitcoin Twitter, they're like, I don't get it. Like, I always hear the thing about my account where people are like, what the fuck is wrong with this hodl guy? <laughs> and it's like you're not gonna understand my account until you understand that i'm just trying to amuse myself like all day long like i'm just doing a long you know and uh, because i'm killing time while we fucking that's what i'm doing
0: no yeah i uh i got a dm when we did the whole cheese thing and someone was like what like i don't get what you guys are talking about like why are you guys talking about cheese and i'm like that's just kind of how Twitter is. Like we just, I don't know, make some jokes and try to have some fun. It's like, okay, but like why cheese? It's like, I don't know. <laughs> it, it just it just worked out that way. It's
2: like the minute you have to clarify the meme, dude. The meme is dead. You know.
0: Yeah. Once it gets on, know your I meme. Can't, until... Yeah, I
2: can't, I can't tell you why cheese. Cheese just is cheese. You know. <laughs> <laughs> well um, that was a, that was that was a fun one i enjoyed it yeah
0: i had it that was a good one i had I had a lot of fun on that one um nick you have any more questions because we're definitely over our our scheduled 30 to 45 minutes today but i think a uh, noob would enjoy this talk i certainly enjoyed it
1: do you guys want to do more questions because i can certainly get some more
2: uh no i'm good i, I gotta i should probably
0: yeah, I hear the kid but, crying. Hodel probably a ba- will be a baby, a dad. There's a baby crying in the other
2: room, so I gotta go relieve <laughs> the wife. <laughs>
0: All right,
2: well, that baby
0: Thank you very much, HODL. This was super dope. <laughs> I really hope that uh, some noobs, some pre-coiners, will enjoy this and and join us along the hodling journey. And I'm definitely gonna be stacking once we get off of this.
3: Yeah. Thank
2: you for- Thank you for having me, gentlemen. Uh, I give you both gold stars. You've been exemplary kindergartners today.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Thank you.
1: Thank you. (laughs) I also want to thank everyone who came out.
0: Yeah. Thanks, Joe. Thanks, OX. Legends.
1: Really appreciate you guys uh, supporting us and makes me excited to keep doing this every week. Let's go.
0: Let's go. And big event, big non-event coming up, so we should should be seeing that Monday. The having gonna usher us into a new generation of the Bitcoin blockchain. Fuck oh, yeah! Beautiful, beautiful. All right. Well, any last words, Nick? Before I s- stop the recording.
1: Fucking stack sats. That's all I got to say.
0: <laughs> Let's go. All right. Peace out, boys. Peace out, guys. See ya.
1: See ya. Peace.